Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Cranky big head potty mouth, I'll wash your mouth out with soap. Dross! Uh, we are doing 1998's Pinky L... Excuse me. Steven Spielberg Presents... Yes. Pinky Elmira and the Brain, which ran on Kids WB for 13 episodes. Sort of. Kind of. Yes. Um, it didn't run... 13 episodes in America. Right. Uh, in other countries, it did run a complete 13. In America, it ran through episode, I believe, six. And then the rest of them ran as part of the <clears throat> Cat and Birdie, Warner Rooney, Pinky Brainy, Big Cartoony show. Yes. So we watched what I guess would be the international version. We watched all 13 episodes of this as intended to be Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain. Yeah, we watched essentially on Hulu, they have the DVD cut. Yes. Uh, because it did get a DVD release in 2014. Yeah. And Hulu made a devil's deal with Warner Brothers Animation. And they have everything. Yeah, they do. They have old Animaniacs. They have new Animaniacs. They have Pinky and the Brain. They have this abomination. They have Tiny Toon Adventures. Yes. Which was super great because we actually, we watched a little more yes. than Pinky Elmira and the Brain. We did our due diligence with this one. Uh, we did a little more primary source research. Yes. Uh, which was a lot of fun for this one. So, but before we get into all of that, because there's a lot to get to. We gotta pour one out. Before your drink ferments. Yes. Uh, What do you got there? Uh, I I, I, uh, have the uh, wash your mouth out with soap. Basically, I took a little bit of blue Coruscant. Okay. And I mixed it with a shot of liquor 43 to turn blue into green. And also give it a bit of a thicker, soapy-like quality. I then... Threw Cool Whip on top of it, and then poured a lemon seltzer over it. Because, you know, lemony pledge, like, soapy type thing, which caused the Cool Whip to, like, bubble up and get sudsy. Like a root beer float. Yeah, so... uh gross. Yeah, so it it looks green and like like I'm about to drink some Dawn. And uh, here we go. Uh, it's phenomenal. Okay. As it turns out. Uh, I mean, you know one of my favorite drinks is the little beer. Yeah. And the little beer is just liquor 43 with a little bit of cream on top. So yeah, it's that but a little fruity. All right. It's like a lemon little beer. Yeah, it's, it's actually very good. I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying this a lot. It's a little Saison. Mm-hmm. All right. Elmira's weird catchphrase in this is the chocolate pie. Chocolate pie. So I made a chocolate pie. Okay. It is uh, Nesquik, mm-hmm. unsweetened uh, vanilla almond milk, because it's what we have in our house, and um, Kahlua. And at the bottom, there are two chunks of Ghirardelli uh, chocolate-covered caramel, because I tried to make a garnish 
but instead it fell into uh, the bottom of the glass and is no longer eligible to be seen. It looks like a very dark chocolate milk. Yeah, it looks very thick. Oh. Oh, gosh. All right, I'm going to try this. Laura has passed on my soap drink. Yeah, I, I hate Cool Whip. Like, mine should probably technically have Cool Whip on it to be a chocolate cream pie. Oh, my God. That is... That is a dessert. That is delightful. I almost want you to heat it up and then put whipped cream on it. Um, no, because I hate whipped cream. <laughs> uh, that being said, I just had a thought. Laura is flouncing around the kitchen. She Oh, she's found marshmallows. I don't think this is going to work out as well as she had hoped because it is a cold drink and I did not stop her in time. Uh, she is throwing in what can only be described as too many marshmallows. Give me your phone. I'm going to take a new picture. All right. It looks better. It looks more like a pie. It looks more like a pie. There, I'll, I'll update the picture. It's not a photo shoot. Chocolate pie! I took one landscape and one portrait. I didn't know which one you wanted. <laughs> so much better. All right. Mm. It's like hot chocolate, but cold. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be honest. We did a lot of fun goofing off with this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, so... We're going to try... There's a lot of stories to get through because every almost every episode is two stories. We're not going to go beat by beat for this one. We're just going to kind of fly through and, and bring up the points that we need to bring up because I think we're going to spend a lot of time on this theme song. The situation's changed for Pinky and the Brain. No laboratory. Alone in the rain. I want to already stop you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... We don't know what happened to the Acme Lab at this we, time. We do not know, but, like, there's a change in the beat there from the original. Yeah. Because it was... One is a genius, the other's insane. This one is... No laboratory, alone in the rain. There's, like, a little jazzier. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I remember hearing that change in the music, and it's subtle, but it was enough for me to be like, ooh... I dig this. And that is a feeling that is quickly ripped away from me. <laughs> the pressure magnified with every land they tried. They had to be constantly needing a place to hide. So they're on the lamb. Yeah. Which sounds like a really interesting story we don't get to see. Yes. Trapped inside a store, a girl went in the door. She bought a discount turtle, but ended up with more. Yes. This turtle will not be important. <laughs> uh, no, but he does appear. He does appear, he, but he is not important. Um, and then this effing verse. Furry things are nice. I love my dog and mice. I take them to school and make them eat rice. The, the mice rice rhyme is so forced and confusing. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, and make them dress nice. Yeah, which is something she actually does. Yeah, we never see her. And actually, like, to go with the meter, it's, you know, I take them everywhere 
And dress them up nice. Yeah, it's such an easier rhyme because they're always in costumes. Yeah, like, I think it's intended that she sucks. But it's a really difficult choice to have something suck on purpose in your theme song. Yes, I'm going to really rail on this theme song once we complete it. But let's let's continue this breakdown here. So Pinky and the Brain share a new domain. It's whack and then what? Why bother to complain? The Earth remains a goal. Some things they can't control. They're Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain. brain, brain I deeply brain, resent brain, this. Trolls <laughs> Which, this is a little thing, but it super annoys me. That it's Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain, and then the last, like, three lyrics go Brain, Pinky, Elmira. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think I deeply resent this should have been the end. Yeah, I deeply resent this would have been a great ending, because, like, the whole... uh, Because it could have been, Charles, Mousies! I deeply resent this. Because that actually sets up the show really well, in that Pinky and Elmira throughout the show are... Often on a similar, if not the same, wavelength. Yes. And then having Brain be the the other and the outsider would have been established here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I, I really enjoy the line, so Pinky and the Brain share a new domain. Yes. Because domain has a double meaning of a new domicile for them to live. And yes. also the domain of... Like, the rights of uh, Tiny Toons. Yes. Like, that they're being shared with that. Uh, it's what the network wants, why bother to complain. Really shows how they feel about this show. Yes. And it's consider- it's another, like, verse or two longer than the original Pinky and the Brain lyrics. Yes. Because they just have the part you all know, and then they have the bridge, which is like, before each night is done, their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun, they'll take over the world. Which is a good, like, A-B-A-B rhyme. Instead of the way that bridge is done in the uh, Pinky Elmira in the Brain, it's A-A-B-A. Yeah! Which is why it doesn't sound right to us, because we're so used to, but, you know, before each night is done, their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun. They'll We'll take take over over the world. world. And that's a very... A-B-A-B is a very simple rhyme scheme the kids are always on board with. Mm-hmm. ABAB is the simplest, straightest forward rhyme scheme. Yes. This, like, she bought a discount turtle, but ended up with more. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of intentionally subverting. And they do that throughout this. Furry things are nice. I love my talking mice. I take them to school and make them eat rice. Mm-hmm. You know? ABA. Their pressure magnified with every lab they tried. They had to flee constantly, needing a place to hide, which is AABBA. Mm-hmm. Like, looking at this from, like, a literature point of view, they're intentionally making it different. Yeah. So they're already kind of setting up that something's off. Yes. Uh, So, dear listener, you may know, or you may notice that I got super into music theory recently because I've been watching a lot of Brental Floss on YouTube along with uh, Sideways, I think, is the other channel I've been watching that's about, like, music theory. So I find this very interesting. And I need to spend a moment talking about media res. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like Pinky and the Brain, Pinky Elmira and the Brain, I believe, and when I started watching this, needed to exist in media res, which means you could watch the episodes in any order, and it still, like, makes sense, because everything's contained to, 
one like episode. This show doesn't have a pilot. No. Where like we see the lab break down. We see them end up with Elmira. It just starts with them and Elmira. So the original Pinky and the Brain theme explains all you need to know to watch any episode of Pinky and the Brain. Yes. The laboratory mice, their genes have been spliced. They're trying to take over the world. Cool. One is a genius, the other is insane. Yeah, like... Done. The Pinky O'Meara and the Brain theme song raises a lot of questions. Yeah. Like, we don't know what happened to the lab, who's chasing them, why they're really still with Elmira. Yeah. Other than they've been purchased. Yeah. It, like... It raises more questions, which is the exact opposite of what they need to do if this is going to exist in media res. Yeah, because every other uh, version, the first, like, Animaniacs, which is the show mm-hmm. from which Pinky and the Brain originally spun off, uh, Animaniacs has a pilot. We just watched the reboot pilot for 2020 of Animaniacs, which is a pilot. Yes. It is a suspended animation. It's them... Being from the 90s, coming to 2020. Um, does the original Pinky and the Brain have a pilot? I don't think so because it was a spinoff. I am looking it up right now. Again. Uh, I know that the there's a backdoor pilot in Animaniacs for Pinky and the Brain. And that is an episode where they're trying to take over the world, but it takes place in like the Middle Ages. And Pinky's like a bard. Yes, it does not have a it does not have a real pilot. However, Pinky and the Brain is spun off from Animaniacs, so you know who Pinky and the Brain are, mm-hmm. and they they kind of exist in a way that like you're right. The entire theme song explains everything. Pinky and the Brain has a very simple elevator pitch. They are two lab mice. One is brilliant. One is crazy. They are taking over the world, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go well. Yes, every episode new plan. Mm-hmm. Elevator pitch. Great. Yeah. And, like, there's not really a reason the little girl needs to be Elmira. No. In this uh, pilot, they don't really establish Elmira as we know her as a character. I think this is something that... Let's, let's voice this thesis now. Because this okay. is something I want to break down as we uh, uh, go through this. Is that Elmira... Because the character I think of as Almira is not really the person in this show. No, and in fact, we decided to run an experiment. Yes. We watched Love Disconnection, because it was the first Elmira-heavy Tiny Toon Adventures that was on Wikipedia. Yes. And it's her forcing Montana... Uh, Montana Max's mother forcing him to go on a date with Elmira. Yes. Elmira is characterized substantially differently. Yeah, so as we're going to go through, I'm going to try to like point out parts in Pinky Elmira in the Brain where Elmira is not being true to her character to fit whatever this show is. Yes. So, now that we've spent 20 minutes discussing the theme song... <laughs> yeah, well that was always going to happen with this particular show. Yeah. But th- there's a lot of things I needed to say here before we jump into this. Uh, let's jump into this with our first uh, real story, which is... Uh, Patty Ann. Yes. Uh, this She's too cool for seventh grade. Patty Ann, she is one in a million. Do not besmirch the good name of Pepper Ann 
with the show. Oh, you're right. It is Patty Ann. Excuse me. Pepper Ann. You said Patty Ann again. Yeah, I'm saying it's oh. Patty Ann in this show. Yes. Brain adapts a young human form that passes herself off as Elmira's cousin, Patty Ann. Because Elmira has this big crush on her neighbor, Rudy, and then Rudy develops a crush on Patty Ann. Yes. Patty Ann, in full Pinky in the Brain spirit, still has Brain's head and mm. still speaks in Brain's voice. No modulation, no like voice acting attempting to change the voice. It is intentionally just brain talking. Yes. In my opinion, this is attempting to show this is Pinky out and the brain in this new setting. Because this is something brain would do in Pinky and the brain. He had like this big tuxedo suit. Yes. That he would wear when he went on Jeopardy and stuff. Yeah. So I think this is the Elmira version of this Pinky and the brain gag that comes up a lot. Absolutely. And it's Patty Ann. So the main point is to establish all these characters. Yes. So the, we're basically trying to establish Pinky and the Brain live with Elmira and are miserable. Yes. Uh, and one of the new gags is this Patty Ann thing. And it's to establish Rudy, the neighbor. Yes. Who Elmira loves and Rudy loves Patty Ann. Yes. And Rudy is repugnant. Yeah. I believe the plan in this one is... Brain wants to pretend to be a little girl that ends up, like, oh, trapped in a sewer. He wants to be baby Jessica. Yeah, he tries to pull a baby Jessica to get, like, attention. For our younger readers, uh, baby Jessica is, like, this 1980s pop culture figure of, like, this little tiny girl who fell in a well. Yes. Like, toddler. And it was this whole thing, would they save baby Jessica? And saving baby Jessica was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And so Brain is trying to get that kind of media attention and essentially capture the hearts and minds of everyone by being this adorable little girl who gets rescued from a well. Yes, but gets too distracted by this Rudy love affair thing to be My able sole to note on plan. that is, Ducky go down the hole. Bye-bye, Ducky. <laughs> yeah, they make a reference to it. Because they talk about black holes at one moment. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird line where it's like, yeah, it grabs like planets and stars and ducks. Yes. Which is like a very weird reference to Plucky Duck blank go down the hole. Which was a weird thing to throw in. But we got it and laughed. Uh, and another thing that we establish here is that Pinky is fairly content. Yes. This is strange to me. And this is a good point to kind of bring it up because it's the first time I notice it. Uh, Elmira's kind of just like squeezing them and doing things like that. And there's a moment where Elmira's taking Brain away and Brain yells, Pinky, help me. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting hearing Brain be dependent on Pinky. Yes. And then there's another moment where, and this is like a thing that threw me, is Brain looks at, like, classic Pinky in the Brain gag is, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Brain. But if nobody cares, why does Jimmy crack corn? Something like that. Yeah. However, in this one. In this one, there's this new bit that shows up, which is, any questions? And Pinky in this one says, Just one. 
If Fred Flintstone knew the giant order of ribs was going to tip over his car, why did he order them every week? I am truly alone. And then by the end of the episode, Brain suddenly goes, It was an end title. What? Fred Flintstone doesn't order ribs every week. That was only animated once, then music and voice tracks were added. The footage runs at the end of the show in the same place each time. It's called an end title. Oh. Thanks, Brain. This is very interesting to me because it's showing Brain's caring for Pinky. Mm-hmm. Like, he's actually addressing a question that Pinky asked without violence. Yeah, and Pinky's questions may... Like, unfortunately, it means that we don't get, like, the fun non-sequiturs. Because now Pinky's questions have to have answers. Yeah, but I think they're kind of establishing a dependence between the two characters on each other that's outside of taking over the world. Yeah, like a codependence in their relationship because they've now been through a lot. Because Brain now depends on Pinky to survive Elmira, even though Pinky's enjoying Elmira. Yeah, like, there are ups and downs, but Pinky, for the most part, is pretty content. Yeah, and I, I remember when I saw that, I was like, that's not what they're going for here, are they? Like, they're not showing, like, a love between these two characters. I'm looking too deeply into this. Wait seven episodes. <laughs> um, other highlights of this is you doing a spit take when Elmira calls Patty Anna Huzzy. Feel my rooty rooty. I'll get that cheap huzzy. This is going to come up later, too. Because th- this happens again. But yeah, Elmira calls her a huzzy, which is a mispronouncement of hussy, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad you took that note because there's something very important I'm going to talk about later. Oh, yeah. I laughed because you legitimately did a spit take. Yes, because, and this is a good time to bring it up, Elmira doesn't talk right in this. No, and we watched that episode of... um Tiny Toon Adventures. And it's very interesting because she does the cutesy wootsy speak, but often catches herself in the Tiny Toons episode. Yeah. Like fuzzy wuzzy buzzy dwuzzy. I mean, that's very sweet of you. Like, so this idea that she knows better is established in the Tiny Toons episode. It is never established here. She's always cutesy wootsy, rooty wooty booty. Mm-hmm. Because well, she also ends things with baby and honey often. She doesn't say baby. She does say baby. She says, baby. Yeah, baby. And like, something about the mispronunciation of that vowel makes it more uncomfortable to me. Yeah, in Tiny Toon, she very much has that like, little kid looking at a dog voice. Mm-hmm. In this, it is the uh, Annie from Community doing baby talk. Like, sexuality. Oh, the boop boop be doop sex. Yeah, like there's... From the Glee episode, the Christmas Glee episode. I know There's a about. lot of like, oh, who's my cutie woody baby? It's like, ooh, uncomfortable. Every time she did it, I was like, ugh. Which is not a, a sound I should make towards a main to titular character. Yeah, and like, I did notice this also in the Tiny Toons episode we watched. Of, they do sexualize Elmira a bit. Yes. She's wearing, like, a very short dress and doing, uh, like, that very female cartoon character sensual walk. Mm-hmm. Um, that had a name that my friends and I used to make. We used to call it the Barbie butt walk. Okay. When, like, 
in fiction when a woman's hips would swing really like theatrically yeah. back and forth. And my friends and I would do it as a joke because we thought mm-hmm. we were funny. And like, but Elmira does that in the Tiny Toons one. So there's still this like weird grown up sexualization of someone who is supposed to be roughly an eight to nine year old girl. Yeah, it's a little gross. Um, episode 1B. This one's the spelling bee one. This one's really noticeable because there's a really fun Jurassic Park bit to it in the beginning. Yes. And it's not through the entire episode. Um, it is. Oh, it is through the entire episode. episode. <laughs> it gets dropped for about half the episode. Yeah, so it kind of can surprise you later. But, like, they do, it's the car scene, right? Yeah, and, and, like, Brain flees into the dollhouse and she manages to level the dollhouse. And, and Brain is on the toilet on like the Donald toilet. Gennaro. Yes. Which uh, is great. So the main, like, scheme here is we're going to get Elmira to cheat at the spelling bee. Because so, they need the money yeah, for one of plan. Brain's plans. Which, like, it kind of ties the characters together nicely. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to help her cheat at this. And then one of the judges of the spelling bee is Baloney, who is a Barney parody. Well, they start out sitting... In her hair next to her ear. Yes. But because the finals are televised, she goes through hair and makeup and gets an updo. Yes. And Pinky and the Brain are like, we can't, we can't hide in your ear now, so we have to find another way to do it. To cheat. So they, they're just in the, the crowd having like a conversation that has all the letters in it. Like, oh, P. A B. C. U. R. D. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Baloney doesn't. A BS. Want- oh my god, I spelled absurd wrong in my yeah. joke. <laughs> uh, so Baloney figures out what's happening. Baloney's definitely not Barney. Definitely not Barney. And they do the Raptor Kitchen scene. Because he's looking for like, Pinky in the Brain. Shot for shot, which is great. And like it brings in Steven Spielberg. And it is funny because Jurassic Park comes up a lot in these cartoons. Yeah, very true. Because we watched an Animaniacs episode called like uh, Fuzzy Lumpheads. Mm. And it's. Elmira and the Warners, and they do a Jurassic Park chase sequence. In that one. The exact scene that they do at the beginning of Animaniacs 2020. Yeah. So that, like, Jurassic Park is a clear cultural touchstone in all of these Steven Spielberg cartoons. Mm, absolutely. Probably because it's the Spielberg movie that they can assume that age group has seen. Yeah. Because it was huge in that, in 93. Like, I was a little too young to have seen it. Mm. But as soon as it was I on, like... It. <laughs> You're like a year or two older than I am and a boy. Like, there's a difference between what they'll let a seven-year-old boy watch and a five-year-old girl. True. Uh, but I watched it when it started to be on TV and whatnot. Uh, so that that's kind of that one. I don't think there's any other big points I want to touch on. Yeah, let's let's move on. Episode two. Uh, 2A is the rude alien yeah. that they trade with called Shad Quipple. Yeah, so they tr- they're trying to contact an alien so they can trade for weapons, s- for weapons or something with it. And uh, Elmira thinks that the alien is a bunny and just loves it and basically kidnaps it. There is a great line here, though. Yeah? I sense circumstances have intervened to wreck my day. <laughs> yeah, that is a good line. Which I wrote down because I was like, I'm going to start using that in my life. Uh. There's not a lot of importance in this episode, but keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah. Because it's going to come... Um, we're going to talk about it again later. 
2B is a Bob Quack the Science Hack. It's the Science Fair episode mm-hmm. where Elmira wants to make a volcano, but Pinky and the Brain want to make like a cold fusion machine with moldy cheese. Yeah, a mold fusion uh, device using uh, a aged bovine discharge. Yes, and when uh, Pink, when the Brain says that, that's one of the gags that sets off. Elmira washing his mouth off with soap. Yes. This is a joke they do a hundred times. Every episode. And, like, sometimes he says, like, masticate, which means to chew. Yes. And he gets his mouth uh, washed out with soap. But there are episodes where he just kind of uses some big words, and I'm like, I don't get the gag of him swearing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything remotely dirty. Yeah. It's just a word Elmira doesn't know. So they assume it's it's swearing and they just wash his mouth out with soap. Which, like, one, that joke gets old. Yes. Like, very, very quickly. And two, like, in 1998, was that still a parent trope of washing your kid's mouth out with soap when they swore? I feel like it was a cartoon trope. Like, yeah. I knew what washing your mouth out with soap was. It had never happened to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was a threat in cartoons. I mean, we see it in root removal. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I think it was one of those classic punishments that, like, kids didn't actually usually get. Mm-hmm. But was, like, a big threat. Like, your face is going to freeze like that. I'll right. turn this car around. Like, those kind of parent tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that joke. I hate that joke, too. And they do it the whole time. Like, it's probably one of the major things that stopped me from enjoying this show. And one of the worst things is when it's like the masticates joke, it's funny. When it's like a, when it's a word that an adult would be like, oh. Mm -hmm. But when it's just like a random word, when like two people in their early 30s are like, I don't get what they're implying here it was done so often though that like brain would be talking for too long and i'm like oh Elmira's gonna punch him and wash his mouth out with soap yeah like it was so obvious i'm like again with this the third episode i think 3a is the first like good one okay um it's they decide they need to get to space because they're gonna f up a satellite yes so Elmira is going to be the first child in space. So they start coaching her. And there's a point where I go, wait a minute, is this my fair lady? And then Brain calls her a gutter snipe right after I said that out loud. I was like, okay. And they do like a kind of crappy version of Loverly. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite Animaniacs episodes is Les Miserables, Animals, yeah. which is Rita and Runt doing Les Miserables. Right. And I think that's also with, like, the Good Feathers doing West Side Story. Like, it's an entire episode that's just musical theater parodies. Yeah, the musical theater references are usually strong in these cartoons. So I liked this version, but there's also... They succeed. They do, like, a really fun little planet song that's... The rain in Spain is mainly on the plane, but, like, the planets to get her to know the solar system. Yes. And so they send Elmira to space, and they're about to get on the shuttle with her to go carry out their plan. And Pinky and the Brain realized that if they left her up there, they could be without her for two weeks. Yeah, so they just take a vacation. 
And the it, the episode ends with uh, Pinky going, what are we going to do tonight, Brain? Same thing we did yesterday, Pinky. Nothing. Nothing. And then I, we also get a shot of Elmira, like, brutally hugging a chimp. Yeah, like the monkey they sent to space. So it's like, also this good thing of their relationship. Because mm-hmm. we get, like, a lot of Pinky in the Brain, like, they decide to band together and leave her. Mm-hmm. And vacation at her house without her. Yes. Which is also interesting because this would have been a prime time to escape her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a question I always wonder, like, why they don't. Right. And we're going to get really into, what, like, that being a weirder question in later episodes. Yes. So, uh, 3B is, like, not as strong. It's the cat that cried wolf. Yes. The only good thing about this is that it the there is continuity. Yes. So uh, basically, they have like a hypnosis ray, and they axel they end up uh, hypnotizing a cat in whose name is Mister Pussy Wussy uh, into thinking it's a dog. Yes. And that's that's basically the whole episode. Yeah. Uh- they, they want to make the cat think he's a dog because the cat's been trying to eat them. Yeah, and like... And like, Rudy's dog is really well behaved. Yeah, so they try to make it into a dog, and they do. And then that's kind of just it. <laughs> uh, I believe this is the episode, and apologies if I'm wrong, but we're not going to correct it. Nope. That starts with... Uh, Elmira has Pig in the Brain in a sack. Yeah. And she's just laying in a lounge chair... Smashing the mice back and forth. Like, yeah. Like, oh, smacky, or like, sacky wacky, sacky wacky. That is so not Elmira. No. Like, Like, Elmira's problem is she loves the animals too much that she ends up hurting them. Here, she is purposely just smashing them. Which doesn't fit her character. Yeah. So, this is when I started to like really kind of tune out like this is just wrong these are not the characters i love yeah this isn't like she's unnecessarily brutalizing them in a way that doesn't fit yeah because like what fits is like covering them in makeup and like the like the bathing them fits yeah like she wants them to be squeaky cleany a, a joke that comes up a few times is like flying mice yeah and like aerial mice and they're kind of like they're trapeze and like they'll throw them in the air I can see a little kid doing that. Like, oh, I want. she wanted... like straps a glider to one and throws it. Yeah, like this will be fun. But like this one is just like blind violence that doesn't. I don't understand how it benefits Elmira. Because like I used to throw my plushies off our second floor balcony, mm-hmm. thinking they would fly if I taped yeah. wings to them. Yeah. Now they weren't living things because I wasn't a sociopath. Mm-hmm. But like. That's a very little kid thing of, like, I taped a pair of paper wings to the back of a very large stuffed bear and then winged it off the balcony. When I was a child, I remember trying to teach my dog, Christian, when I was, like, three or four, to chew gum. And I'm like, Christian, we're chewing gum. And I would chew gum, and then I'd give her a stick, and then she'd swallow it. And I'd be like, no, Christian, we just chew it. Here's another piece. And, like, in my little kid brain, I was like, me and my dog are going to chew some gum together. Like, without thinking. That the gum is bad for him. Yeah. Like, and I also remember, like, when Christian would sit, I'd be like, that looks like a sliding board. 
I'm going to use her as a sliding board. It's not me trying to hurt the dog. Right. Uh, so, like, I understand this, like, little kid, I'm going to make the mousies fly because I want to fly. So clearly the mouse will enjoy it. This kind of, like, blind, I'm just hurting them for fun. Not Elmira. Yeah, because I always think of um, the Rugrats with Spike. That's yes. very realistic. Sometimes they're doing things that Spike is like, I hate my life. But it's all very realistic to what toddlers would be doing. Yes. Elmira is also a little older than you were when you were trying to get Christian to chew gum. Yeah. Elmira is supposed to be like easily nine. Mm-hmm. I would say eight or nine would be yes. what I would kind of assume for her based mm-hmm. on the rest of the plots. Yeah. Which is old enough to kind of know better. Like, I'm telling this story about throwing them off the balcony. I'm like five or six when I'm winging these things off the balcony. Mm -hmm. So, this episode is not great, but Elmira's cat thinks he's a dog for the rest of the series. Yes. And I do kind of like that. Yes. I'm going to circle back to that, but it's, it's an interesting choice to just kind of establish this character of a cat that's also a dog. Yeah. Um, 4A is the one they want to make her popular. Yes. It starts off with a Hanson parody. Jensen is who they call them. And like, they sing a version of Umbop with lyrics no stupider than the regular ones. Yeah. Um, but they, they're kind of trying to figure out how to make Elmira popular when she's repugnant. Yes. So they have a hard time figuring out yeah. how to make her popular and when she sucks. She's like, they keep using this bit. Which, I really don't like this bit because, like, not only is it not that funny, it's one of those, like, imitatable acts. Yeah. But Elmira loves asking, do you like seafood? And when you say yes, she shows you her chewed up food. Yeah, and they try to make, they try to make that the fad. Yeah, so they, they make Jensen sing about how great that is. And they dress up as Jensen, which is funny. Yeah. And now all the kids think Elmira is the coolest because that seafood joke is now the coolest joke. And like, my older brain was like, ah, my kid would watch this and then do that. And I would hate that. Yeah, like, and it's just not. It's not a, it's not a great joke. It's a joke they do too many times. And like, the Jensen parody's funny. Yeah. But like, all the stuff around it to get there is just kind of like ugh. And again, the the plot here is if Elmira has friends, they would stop. She would stop bothering us so we could take over the world. Yeah. So there's a, it's another episode where there's not a takeover plot. It's just them dealing with Elmira, which I I always feel waters things down. And and like they make Elmira so absolutely repugnant on every level. And I found it really interesting because, like, when we watched the episode of Tiny Toons, she's clearly self-aware on some level, and she doesn't have the same social issues mm-hmm. that she has in this cartoon. Like, yeah. she, she has social issues in Tiny Toons, but she's, like, much more extreme in this cartoon. Yeah, like... Mentally, she's on the same level as Pinky. And while Pinky always means well, we're supposed to believe that Elmira means well, but she's also awful. Yeah. Like, 
there are qualities of Pinky where, like, he messes up, but, like, he messes up out of ignorance. Yes. Elmira does things where it's like, why hasn't anyone stopped her? <laughs> yeah, like, there's a point where you start being like, how how does Elmira have no supervision? Yeah. Where are her parents? Where is Uncle Elmer Fudd? Yeah. Uh, the fifth episode, like, we kind of have this, like, string of very weak episodes. And what's interesting is we watched them one, two, three, mm-hmm. and then stopped for the and night. Then we needed a break. And then we watched four, five, six. And four, five, and six, uh, four and five are, like, the two weakest episodes, in my opinion. Yeah? Yeah, because episode five, or episode 4B, which I almost just jumped over because I really don't remember much of it, is the Cinderella episode. Yes. Where Brain tells Elmira a bedtime story that is essentially the plot of Cinderella, but everyone wears glass slippers except for her. She has like leather dancing shoes. Yes. So she wants to go to the ball. And they just, instead of actually making any magic, they just send her in her rags and convince her she has a ball gown. Yeah. Like, which feels a little unnecessarily sadistic. See, here's my main issue with this episode. The backdoor pilot for Pinky and the Brain that we mentioned earlier, where it's just Pinky and the Brain, but it's in medieval times just because. Yeah. I think that's fun. I think you can take these characters and just be like, in this episode, it's fairy tales and we're doing Cinderella. They also include a frame story where they're still in Elmira's house. And this is just a story that Brain is telling Elmira. Yeah. Which feels super unnecessary. Like, I could accept as a cartoon, like, oh, okay, this is just the trope of this episode. Yeah. But throwing in this extra layer of, like, cutting back to the bedroom where Brain has a story, it just overcomplicates things. And the only payoff to it is Mm -hmm. there's a moment where, like, Brain gets stepped on or something awful happens to Brain. And Elmira says something like, you can't even win in a story you're telling. Yeah. That's a great joke. But other than that, everything about this episode is kind of annoying and like missing it. Well, they get arrested because everyone in the kingdom has glass slippers except Elmira who has these dancing shoes. And when the prince, who is Rudy, uh, goes to find the princess with the dancing shoes, he demands to know who it is, who designed them so he can lock them up because... His family owns the glass slipper factory. Yeah. So Brain can't even get ahead in a story he is telling. And that's a good joke. It's a good joke, but it also makes it not make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and I know this is me, like, applying logic to Pinky Elmira in the brain. Yeah. But I think it would have been so much easier to just be like, this is a Cinderella episode. Yeah. Go. Um... They actually do something similar to this with more success in the next episode. Yes. Uh, But 5B is, it takes us five episodes to get to this. This is so frustrating. We find out who is pursuing Pinky and the Brain. Mm -hmm. It's the Circle. Yes. A secret organization within the U.S. government uh, led by Wally Faust, who is Christopher Walken. Yeah. Not like really Christopher Walken, but like an impersonator. Yes. And... They have, like, the sinister Latin chanting music that's just random big words that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, it's... it's, it's lactose! <laughs> yeah, cinnamon lactose! Lactose! Which is a fun bit, if you're... Because, like, you have to be paying attention to kind of, like, 
Or so watching it with the subtitles. Watching the subtitles. We, we tend to. We tend to because we left subtitles on from when we were watching Letterkenny. Yeah, and we just never turned them off. But I kind of like having them. Yeah. Also, subtitles are monstrously wrong occasionally, and that's amusing to me. Yes. Uh, so they're trying to hunt down Pinky in the Brain so that they can convince him to join the circle, have him take over the world for them, and then then kill him. Yes. Like, so that's an interesting plot there. Uh, this is the episode where Brain gets fed up with Elmira and her abuse. Yeah. That he decides he's leaving. He leaves alone. And, well, I immediately go... He can just leave? Yeah. Like, we've been here for five episodes, and he's never had the thought of, like, I'm going to get out of here. My body's being destroyed every day. Right. And, like, there's an interesting scene, because we established that Rudy knows about the talking mice. Because Rudy's the one who inadvertently sells them out to the circle. Yes. And there's, like, a fun interchange between Rudy and Wally, where... Rudy shows he's so sadistic and creepy that Wally's like, we'll give you a job in 10 years. Yes. And he's like, can I smash stuff? Yes. Now go away. You depress me. Yeah. You depress me. Which is a good, like, a good exchange that Mm -hmm. I enjoyed. But it also then establishes Rudy knows about them. And this organization is looking for them. Yes. Logically, it would be time to move on. Well, at this point in the story... Brain is unaware of them. Right. Because uh, this character, Wally, sees Brain walking down the street, asks for directions, and then kind of like convinces him to jump into the car because it's hot out. Yeah, he offers him a ride somewhere. Yeah, he's like, let me give you a ride. I have air conditioning. It's very hot out. And Brain gets in because he doesn't know who this man is. Yeah. So, for the record, this whole... Uh, someone's looking around for where they might be found and them having to flee labs. Unrelated to this man. I guess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I'm immediately like, well, this is confusing. Or if this is the first time it's being established, this should have been episode one or two, not five. It's something from the theme song. How are we just getting to this part? So, <laughs> uh, he gets into the car with Wally. Wally's like, you're very smart. Can I offer you a job? And uh, ends up in like a hotel room with this guy. I don't remember how Pinky gets there. I don't either. But Pinky ends up there. I think maybe Wally says something that Rudy says. And yes. Brain kind of puts it together like, wait, that was very, like, similar verbiage. And I oh, think they he, say he's a cheese ray. Yes. He says cheese ray instead of what it really is, which is like a hypnosis thing. It's always a hypnosis ray of something. There's kind. a lot of hypnosis in this show. Um, there's a lot of hypnosis in this show. So I believe he calls Pinky for help. Yes. And Pinky kind of, like, shows up. Uh, they hypnotize Wally. And are like, why are you chasing us? Wally spills the beans because he's hypnotized that he's part of the circle and they want to kidnap him so they can use him to take over the world. And Brain does the, the we are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, it's like, Jedi you, mind tricks Wally. Like, 
you never saw us pinking the brain or not here uh, be gone. I guess the logic could be he's convinced Wally that that is not where they are. Yeah. So staying there is kind of safe. Yeah. But like barely establishes them as a threat. Yeah. Uh, And like you would think the brain would be like, wait, there's a group of people that want to help me take over the world and then they plan to screw me? Well, I'll use them because now I'm aware of their plan. I could take over the world and then have them destroyed once I'm emperor. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't go in the direction he needs to go in for it to make sense with this character. Yeah, so all this stuff just like doesn't muddies the water of what this show is. And the show has fairly good continuity despite being a cartoon. And yet like this really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to freak out about that much later. So stay tuned in, I probably, part two of this. Oh, we we running that long? We were close to an hour already. Oh, and I got more things I'm mad about. So I think we might have to call this after episode seven. Okay. So the episodes, we're on episode six now. Okay. Uh, which is the last. So I actually, I found some conflicting information here. Uh, Wikipedia seems to believe that episodes 7 A and B, that we know as 7 A and B, did run as Pinky and the Brain in 98. Pinky Elmira. Yes. Uh, but meanwhile, in the sequence that is on uh, the DVDs in the Hulu release, 6 comes before 7. Like oh. the fall, the dance and how Elmira spent her weekend. So I'm going to do the way we watched it, because that's... Okay. What I know. So, this is like a pet peeve for me in every TV show. Yeah. Elementary school dances. Yeah. Um, I've never understood this thing of like, we have nine-year-old protagonists. Yeah. But we have school dances and science fairs and like stuff that isn't really in the lower grades. Mm -hmm. Like stuff that you see in middle school, but we give it to elementary schoolers for some reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're plots that are convenient. Um, a lot of dating subplots in shows that revolve around kids weird me out. Yeah. But there is a fall dance and, uh, Elmira wants Rudy to go with her because of course she does. But Rudy, of course, wants to go with Patty Ann, Patty Ann. She's one in a million. Yes. Um, and Brain is going to use this to pilot his newest plan it's a cologne that makes people instantly attractive to get that like charisma and cult of personality Mm -hmm. so he's gonna like test drive it at the dance yeah this is such a trope like this is an episode of rick and morty this is an episode of buffy the vampire slayer the the just like super cologne and we also this introduces another character who we do see for the rest of the series named vanity yes and Vanity claims Elmira has been her best friend since kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And Vanity is the kind of girl who is using Elmira to appear more attractive. Yes, by standing next to her. She's like, stand next to me so that Andrew Loam sees how radiant I am. I'll look twice as radiant. Yeah. So it's the precursor to the I, I, I ain't never seen two pretty best friends. Yes. Meme that is currently going around. And... 
so Vanity likes this Andrew Loam and is trying to get Elmira to go to the dance. Rudy wants to go with Patty Ann and Elmira and Patty Ann get into it. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much this whole episode, except uh, the DJ of this dance is played by Ben Stein. And is Ben Stein, yes. basically. And he's like, I don't want to be a DJ. I'm learning to get a degree in real estate or something. Yes, he's getting his like real estate license. So like, I'm going to put on music and read. Like, this is such a non sequitur and like weird that it's in this show. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I laughed, but like, it never comes up. Nope. It's never like, oh, we can't play this song because Ben Stein's the DJ. It's just like, it almost felt like he was walking by the recording studio and they were like, did you just see Ben Stein? Get him in here and just get him to say some words. You're a DJ. Whatever. Just talk. Ben Stein's here. But they do have like a casting gag in that at the end of the episode, the DJ loses his mind and yells... Which is not a Ben Stein thing, because Ben Stein's trademark is that, like, very calm... Very drab delivery. Bueller. 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 Gonna win Ben Stein's money. So, like, his calm, like, chill to an extreme demeanor Mm -hmm. gets totally cut off here. Yeah. And... But it's, like, not really a joke kids would get, and it's not really a joke an adult would care that much about, I don't think. Right. Because the rest of this episode's not that great. Yeah. Um. Then, then we're going to disagree greatly about what happens in the next part of this episode. Um. Th- this one's how I spent my weekend, and this kind of reminds me of the Cinderella episode, in that Elmira is... It's Elmira narrating and everything is done in the style of child drawings. Yes. This feels a little budge. Yeah. So it's a little budge. It's everything is on like yellow line paper. Yes. And it's drawings of Pinky and the Brain and Elmira and a robot that they're using to take over France, I think is the... Yeah. It's uh, Roberto the robot and they go to France because they have a cheese ray again because there's always a cheese ray. And... It's just, like, very strange and very dumb. Oh, it's going to turn, like, the American tourists into cheese. Yeah. Um, very weird. No, I think it's the other way around. It's going to turn the cheese into tourists. It turns right. cheese into annoying American tourists. But, like, the robot also, like, meets a lady robot and they fall in love and get married yes. and there's a robot wedding. Uh, so... At the end. And it's intentionally supposed to sound bizarre and make no sense. Yeah, and then at the end, the teacher's like, Elmira, this was supposed to be true. Like, this wasn't supposed to be a fictional story. And then Elmira goes to a photo booth where she got her film developed because it's the 90s. <laughs> Uh, and it's like pictures of Roberto's wedding. Yeah. And that's done in like the normal animation style. Yeah. You said you really liked this episode. I didn't really like this episode. I said it was more successful than the Cinderella. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't say I really liked it. I said like it's executed more successfully. That being said, it's way too long. It's way too long. And this is what, 6B? Uh, yes. Okay. This is the sixth episode of this new IP. Mm Mm-hmm. 
if I'm flipping through the channels and I see this as my introduction to what Pinky Elmira in the Brain is, I would be furious. Yeah. Because I remember when this show came out when I was a kid. And I remember like hearing about it, but never sitting down to watch it. Which is weird because I loved Pinky in the Brain. So there's a chance that I'd be like, oh, that there's that Pinky Elmira in the Brain. Let's watch it. And seeing this and thinking, that's what the show is. Because the show has barely had enough time to establish itself as what it is. For it to subvert its presentation this hard. To the point that if I was flipping through channels, because this would be back before there was like the info underneath when you change channels, I would probably not recognize it as Pinky in the Brain. Right. This to me is a huge mistake to do this early in its run of a new IP. Yeah, it's it's an experimental episode. And experimental episodes are what like this, the Steven Spielberg presents animation really does hit a lot of experimental kind of episodes. I mean, Freakazoid is almost nothing but. Yeah, and that's its identity, so that's kind of fine. But, like, this one doesn't work because it... If this was, like... Animaniacs didn't always just have two 12-minute cartoons. It would have, like, four segments. If this was a segment that was about two or three minutes long, I think this would have worked. Mm-hmm. But, like, you find yourself zoning out the same way you would if an actual little kid was telling a story. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Like, like okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then Emily said, I don't care, kid. Yeah, okay. It's like, not enjoyable. Yeah, that's why when you were like, you like this episode, I was like, no, no, no. Don't put that <laughs> evil on me. How dare Um, I just think this does the weird concept a little better. Mm-hmm. However, if this was like a three or four minute skit in a normal Steven Spielberg presents cartoon, I think this would have been really fun. Yeah. If it was like two minutes of this and then the like last minute as it was, I think this would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. However, it was 11 minutes long. Yeah. Too long. Too long. Because something I noticed about this show that drove me nuts was um, Hulu doesn't have ads on its kids' programming, which I really like. Yeah. Um, but it means these episodes are 21 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And the intro is almost two. The, the intro is one minute. Well, it, it, you know what? You're right. It's like a minute 40. Because there's a longer version of the intro sometimes. And the version with Elmira's verse is about 140, because we found it independently on YouTube, right. and I kind of mentally took a note of how long that was. I think it was like 146. Mm-hmm. Too damn long. And that means, like, this cartoon was, like, sub 10 minutes, but felt it's so long. long. Yes. Uh, because I'm saying it's sub 10 minutes, because it had to be nine, because there's also about a minute of credits. Yeah. The credit screen is weird for this show. Yeah, we, we should bring that up. Uh, and this is the last airing episode of Pinky Elmira and the Brain before they turn into the big cartoonies. Yes. So this is a good time to mention this. It's just like a little blueprint next to a teddy bear. Yeah. And the teddy bear is not like emblematic of anything. Nor does it, I think it ever appear in this show. Yeah, it's not like something we see frequently in Elmira's room. Yes, and... I want to point out, like, this is the 90s. Yeah. Like, 
Often with these cartoons, the credit aired in full. There yeah. was no shoving it off to the side while a commercial for the next show played. Yeah, this what? was like pre-credits pushback. Yeah, so like with Animaniacs, the credits would play in full and then there was like one last like stinger joke yes. at the end. So like same with Pinky in the Brain. So probably when this aired, those credits as we are seeing them on Hulu aired on television and it's just a weird bear and a blueprint that have pinky in the brain like scrawled on them but like other than a doodle of pinky in the brain picking out that that's what this show is very difficult like if i showed these credits to someone and just said name the cartoon i think a lot of people would get it wrong yeah like it doesn't make a lot of sense and like i'm gonna test that i'm gonna tweet that out I'm going to just like a still of the credits and be like, can you tell me what cartoon this is? And just see what people say. Because like, there, I can think of other things you could have had. Like, you could have just had one of their, uh, you know, just Elmira's bedroom. Like, you could have had a really fun Easter egg filled still of Elmira's bedroom with like the turtle cage mm-hmm. and like her bird. And you see like, Bits from every episode or, like, pieces of their different plans. Yeah. Like, or you could have just gone very simple and just had, like, the standard stills from the episode with the credits. Because mm-hmm. I believe, like, Animaniacs was the tower. Water tower, yeah. Uh, Freakazoid, I believe, is just, like, the Freakazoid logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what it was for actual Pinky and the Bird. I think it's just a still of the lab. I think, yeah, or maybe, like, their cage, like, with the wheel. It's actually a blueprint with the silhouettes of Pinky and the Brain. Okay, so I guess maybe they're kind of making reference to it, but they needed something more emblematic of Elmira. For yeah. This to, like, it should be her barrette, her skull barrette. Yes, because she has that skull barrette that she has uh, that's, like, really her main trademark. Yeah. Even in the Tiny Toons episode where she's on the date with Montana Max and is wearing a different dress, mm-hmm. she still has the skull barrette. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think that would make sense of, like, a piece of discarded equipment, like the various cheese rays that all kind of look the same, mm-hmm. and Elmira's barrette next to the, like, the turtle cage. Yeah. Yeah, that, there you go. Simple The still. turtle. <laughs> yeah, like, did, I don't know why they couldn't make this. Mm-hmm. Like, the teddy bear... Kind of brings back that idea that you have of, like, this could have been any child. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're about halfway through. I think this is a good place to break. Okay. Like, right before it flips over to the uh, Warner Rooney Big Cartoony Show. Uh, this, the first six episodes are a series of near misses. Yes. Like, to the point where when there's something that hits... You end up more annoyed because there's that moment of like, oh, they found it. Yeah, like the My Fair Brainy episode is actually a pretty good short. Mm-hmm. And it uses Elmira well. And it's the only one in the first six episodes that I really like actively enjoyed. Yeah. I will say, I do believe the series improves in the big cartoony times. Which is interesting because they do not air with a significant hiatus. 
Yeah. So that's something we'll have to discuss in the next episode. Uh, one thing I want to kind of trail back to, because you brought up a really good point. Okay. Uh, how easy Pinky and the Brain's elevator pitch is. Yes. It's two mice. One is smart. One is crazy trying to take over the world. The I don't think you can do an elevator pitch for this show. Because, and I think this is the one of the main problems with this show. The elevator pitch would always kind of assume you understood at least one set of characters. Yes. Because it's either Pink in the Brain, who are always taking over the world, end up with Elmira. Well, who's Elmira? Or it's Elmira, a creature or a character who loves animals, but too much to the point where they hurt them, ends up adopting Pinky in the Brain. Well, who's Pinky in the Brain? Like the fact that they don't go together so nicely that like you need to spend extra time explaining both of them. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I mean, I think one of the rough things with this is you made this comment that you didn't watch it first rotten. You would have been a preteen when this was running. Yes. You would have been like growing out of these cartoons a little bit. Let, let me ask this. Okay. What, what was the year of this? 98. 98. Yeah. Here's the thing. This aired on WB, mm-hmm. right? In 98, I would be in 7th, 8th grade. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd be in 6th, 7th grade. Uh so I would still be very much into Pokemon, which aired on the WB. So you'd think I would just keep the channel on and watch this. Uh, I'm going to make a note because I don't want to take up the time to research this right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the next episode, I'm going to look into what the schedule, like... What when the, did this air? Yeah, yeah, like what time this aired as compared to... Pokemon. Because okay. I, I kind of feel like this would have been, like, the one of... My, my gut feeling is this would have been early or late in the block. Because Big Cartoony is essentially a clip show. Right. So, like, it almost feels like if these ran 8 to noon, which is, I feel like, roughly what these Saturday morning blocks used to run, mm-hmm. that this would have been running as either the first thing or the last thing. Yeah, because the... This is also, I would imagine, during the time where the WB Kids block would be six episodes of Pokemon. Yes. And they were just like, yeah, and then and then watch Peeking the Brain after, or something like that. So it's strange to me, as someone who was a huge fan of Peeking the Brain, watched it every day while doing the homework. Yeah. That I, at in 1998, I didn't put in the time to watch this shit. Because in 98, I would have been in fifth grade, roughly. Um, right. Fifth grade? Uh, fall 98, I would have been in sixth grade. So, like, starting to grow out of Saturday morning cartoons. And we're also at that weird age where, like, right when we grew out of Saturday morning cartoons, they started, they actually, Did, like, ended. They started to die off, yeah. Which is a very weird age to be of, like, I grew out of them and then they disappeared. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, very strange of, like, no, this should be a kid rite of passage that exists. Um, but I'm also, like, I looked up real quick the air dates. The Pinky and the Brain cartoon aired and started airing in 95. So, like, that had been airing for a few years. And Tiny Toons was out of production by 95. Right. So, like, Elmira was not a, 
like top tier character at this point. Yeah, Elmira was never a top tier character. <laughs> right. And like when you think about breakout characters from Tiny Toon Adventures, you don't really think of Elmira. True. Uh, I think we'll get into that a little more next week as well. Yeah, I we want do to the have, like final. I want to have a little bit of discussion to kind of put a button on this to end this episode because we were not planning for this to be a two parter. No, we literally <laughs> said today like this will be a one parter. Yeah, but um, I have a lot to say because I loved Pinky in the Brain and this show upset me. Uh, and no I love spoilers on how I feel at the end. <laughs> um, and it's going to be funny because actually, like Thanksgiving is coming up, and I'm planning to. Uh, have Tiny Toon Adventures on while I cook. Yes. Uh, because I really love Tiny Toon Adventures and the discovery that it's on Hulu made me really happy. Yes. So if you... So I might have more Elmira insight of how she was originally characterized. Yes. So if you have not watched this, catch up on it on Hulu and then join us here next week for part two of Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain. You can also support us on Patreon and have a voice in the shows that we watch next as we make our way to episode 100. We actually have up through episode 101 planned. Yes. And I don't know how many weeks that's going to take because at least one of these is going to be a two-parter. Oh yeah, there's going to be some two-parters so coming we're, up. So we're pretty much, we have the schedule set into mid-January, I would say. Yes. Where can people find us, Laura? Uh, you can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about your love for Pinky and the Brain, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. And if you have an unhealthy love of all of the Steven Spielberg crossovers, I'm at Stay Doomed. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>